Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey everyone, Adrian here from Lifehouse Church in Tokyo, and it is an absolute joy to share the Word of God with you today. So, we are in February 2023. Can you believe it? We're already in February, and it is an amazing year that is ahead of us as a church. And God has been speaking to us out of this great scripture in Psalm 16. Pastor Rod shared it in our Vision Sunday, and our theme for this year is closer. And it's inspired by this great verse in Psalm 16 that says, You, talking about God, will show me the path of life, and in your presence is the fullness of joy. And so we are uh, looking at this series called Closer to Joy in February. Closer to Joy. The, we're going to learn together, discover the closer we get to God, the closer we get to the fullness of of joy when we press in when we lean into god we're going to experience joy and this getting closer to god is not about being perfect and being religiously uh, uh perfect in all your ways and i'm a better person now so i can get closer to god no uh, getting closer to god is leaning in to the grace leaning into the the invitation of god god calls us to come closer to him and we can come closer to god because of Jesus. This is the amazing truth. And so closer to joy. So I want to ask a question today. How should we act in the presence of God? Okay, so how should we act when we come closer to God? How should we act when we are praying? Or how should we act around God when we at church? This is what we're talking about, getting closer to God. And and when we're closer to God, what is the atmosphere around God? And I remember growing up in the church Whenever I was a pretty hyperactive kid and I had lots of energy, but I remember when I had to go to church, I had to um, uh, be, as soon as you walk through those doors, you had to be a little bit more serious and quiet and everyone was like sitting in these pews and had their heads bowed and whispering things. I don't know what they were saying, but um, just people, good people just wanting to connect with God. But my whole image of church was you had to be very quiet and during the message I was like fidgety and I had to try and sit still through a long message and and this was my image of 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 God he was very serious and and the only way to honor God the only way to respect God was to be very serious and somber in his presence and respectful you you don't make too much noise it's very respectful in the presence of God but you know the more I've walked with God the more I've uh, got to know God, the more I realize that even though I respect and honor God as the Almighty God, I can be joyful, I can be relaxed, I can laugh, I can shout, I can dance, I can I can be a little bit crazy in the presence of my Father. And so um I remember I went on a rugby tour when I was 16. I went to Argentina, a beautiful country, amazing people. And in every city we went to, we went to four different cities. We were hosted by different families. And it was really amazing that every family that I went to, there was a different atmosphere in the home. And, and maybe in some homes it was a little bit more relaxed and the, the parents and the kids were a little bit more relaxed and it was just like fun and some other homes were a little bit more serious and you realized the vibe in this home is very 
serious and you have to kind of be uh, on your have good good manners and 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 i wanted to respect the homes that i were in so i'd really try and be as good as i could um so there were these different atmospheres and and the same when i was uh visiting friends when i was living i'm, I'm from south africa and i'd go have sleepover parties at friends houses and and different homes had different atmospheres and in some homes the kids and the parents had a great relationship and even though the parents the uh, kids honored and respected their parents they were friends and they they had fun together there was joy and peace and and fun in the home and you'd go there and it'd just be as great atmosphere but in some other homes the the kids and the parents had a bit of a a tough relationship and there'd be a lot more it would be a very serious home and you had to be like a lot more quieter and it was a bit like uh, on edge sometimes and so different homes had different atmospheres and I I, what I saw both in Argentina and in South Africa was often it was the father that set the tone of the house. So that's what we're going to look at today is what kind of father is our heavenly father? What is he like and how should we act in the, in the house of God and in the presence of our father? And as I said, tradition had taught me to be very, very uh, like respectful and quiet. But what does Jesus teach us? I think the best place to learn about the Father is from Jesus. So Jesus tells us this great story in uh, Luke chapter 15, and he is telling the story in response to some religious leaders. So the religious leaders of the day who taught that being in the presence of God and all the religious do's and the religious don'ts, you had to be very focused and really <clears throat> those kind of guys these were the guys that were teaching the people and they had seen Jesus hang out with a lot of notorious sinners and tax collectors people that they were like these people are the furthest from God why is Jesus hanging out with them and so Jesus tells some great stories one about a shepherd who loses a sheep and goes and finds a sheep and gets so excited a story about a woman who loses a coin and when she finds it she throws a party but then he comes to this great story called the prodigal son. And so Jesus introduces us to uh, a father and two sons. So there's this father and we understand this is a, a wealthy father. He's, he's got a big estate. He's got many people working for him and he, he runs a farm. He's a, a wealthy father and he's got these two sons. And the youngest son says to his father at one point, Dad, uh, I, want, I want my share of the inheritance. And and which is a bit of a slap in the face to the father. Uh, in some ways, the son is saying, Dad, I, I no longer want to be here. Just give me my money. I'm, I'm out of here. I don't need you anymore. And so uh, the father being generous gives the son, this younger son, his inheritance. And the son takes it and he, he heads off to a, a, a distant land, the Bible tells us. He, and he goes and he hits the party life. And we later find out that he spends some of his money on prostitutes and and partying and he he just he, he just goes and blows his all of his inheritance in the party life and at one point he gets to um, he gets to this moment where he runs out of money uh, he's blown all of his he's blown all of his inheritance all of his father's hard-earned cash his father's hard-earned money his inheritance that was supposed to set him up he goes and messes it all up he loses it all and at the same time where he is a famine hits the land and so he's in a desperate place this youngest son 
And so what he does is he, he, he like goes and he tries to find any job he can. And he, he finally gets a job working on a farm and he's feeding pigs, which for a Jewish boy is not the best thing. But he, he ends up feeding pigs and he, he's feeding them the sludge. And he, he gets so desperate. He's so hungry that he feels like he wants to eat the pig's food. That's, that's pretty low. But then he comes to his senses. And that's where I'm going to pick up the story. I want to read from Luke 15 verse 17. It says, when he finally came to his senses, this is the youngest son, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home, I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. And so this boy, he's at rock bottom, man. He's He's come to the place where he, he even though he's, 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 he feels like a failure, even though he's covered in shame, he still knows something about his father, which I think is quite amazing. He, he knows that his father is a good man. He knows that his father is generous to even his hired servants. They have more than enough. This is the kind of father that he has. And so he thinks to himself, even though I've messed up, I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm not expecting my father to open up his arms and take me back as a son. I'm not expecting that. All I want to do is I, instead of working for this farmer, I'm going to go work for my father and just be a servant. And, and, and luck, then I at least will have enough food to eat. And so this is what's going on in the son's mind. And he's, <clears throat> he's heavy. You can, re- you can recognize the son. He's, he feels like a failure. He feels like he's disappointed his father. He feels like he's He's messed up and there's no future, no hope for him. And he, he, he's, he decides to go home, but he, he's going home with his, he's dragging his feet. His, his head is low. You can, you can see his shoulders are hunched over at the weight. He's, he's carrying the weight of failure and shame as he's walking back. And so verse 20, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. His father saw him coming filled with love and compassion he ran to his son embraced him and he kissed him what a beautiful scene isn't this an amazing scene and so here is this son he's heavy he's feeling like a failure he's dragging his feet and he's he's got his head down and he's walking slowly towards his home but his father sees him his father sees him from a long way off and this tells me that the father was waiting the father was expecting his son. His father was, he was looking. I would say maybe every day his father would look over to see, is my boy coming home today? Is my boy coming home today? And finally that day comes, his son starts coming home and it says the father ran to his son. He runs. And for a respected man like this, a, a man who had a bigger state, you wouldn't often see a man like this running. Uh, that wasn't a very respectful thing. But he he's probably wearing like a big, dress thingy and he lifts it up and he starts running to his son my boy my boy my boy you're coming home and he's this father is ecstatic to see his boy but the boy is still dragging his feet and he's dragging his head in shame and the father gets to his son and 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 i love it the father just dives on him the father throws himself. It says he embraces him. And the language in this, in this story that Jesus tells, it says the father throws himself onto the son's neck. You could see it's not just a, welcome home, my boy. 
It's the father dives onto him and just hugs him. And I, and I love this because the father doesn't, when the father saw his son, it says that he was filled with love and compassion. It wasn't the, the father didn't look at his son and well, he wasn't filled with disappointment. He wasn't filled with regret. He wasn't filled with um, just like anger at his son. He was filled with love and compassion and it, he throws himself on his son and it says he kisses him. And again, the language in the story that Jesus tells, it says he kisses him again and again and again and again and again. It's not just a, hello, my boy. It's like, a, and the, the son has been covered in the father's saliva. It's getting gruesome. The father's crying and hugging his son. And it's just a, it's a incredible display of love. The father is holding no affection back from his son. It's a beautiful moment when the son comes back. This is the kind of father that we have. Verse 21, his son managed, now the boy manages to, to break away from all the kisses and the hugs. And he, he says, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get the ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And let's kill the calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and he has now returned to life. He was lost and now he is found. So the party began. <laughs> I love this. Come on, isn't this a beautiful picture of the atmosphere around our Father? This is the kind of home that we come home to. This is the kind of home that we live in as sons and daughters of God. This is the atmosphere around our Father. <clears throat> and so there's four things that I believe that we can really learn about our Father in, from this story. So number one is there is joy in returning to God. There is joy in returning to God. And as I mentioned, this son must have come back with his head hanging low. He felt shame. He felt embarrassed. He felt like a failure. And he must have come back um, not sure what, he wasn't sure what he was going to expect. I'm sure he was, if you think of most fathers in this world, he probably was going to expect an angry father, a disappointed father, but what he encounters is a joyful father. He encounters a forgiving father. He encounters a father that embraces his son and hugs him and he kisses him. And, and you can the son, he even uses these words, I'm not worthy. And maybe you feel like that. Maybe you've often felt like this of, I know I have coming thinking to myself like I'm not worthy to be a, a son of God I've messed up too many times I've said this I've done that and you just don't feel worthy and, and that's what the son felt but the father embraces him and he he brings him back and I love this scripture in James 4 verse 8 it says come close to God and God will come close to you and what we see in this story is that the the outcome close to God versus the God come close to us is very different the son makes this step and the father the son walks slowly to the father but the father runs to him and I believe this is how God is that we when, the moment we turn to God the moment we make a decision just to turn back to him God rushes at us and he comes and he embraces us and he welcomes us home and this is the kind of God that we serve and what I what I love about the story it shows me that that repentance 
can be a joyful thing. Often uh, in the church world, this idea of repentance, it's a very, oh, I'm such a bad person, I'm so terrible. And, and this is the, the, the image we get of repentance. But actually, Jesus shows us this son comes back and the father gives him an opportunity to repent. The father allows the son to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then the father cuts him off before he gets to the point where he says, make me a servant because the father doesn't want him to entertain those thoughts. He says, you're my boy, you're my son. You'll always will be, you always have been. But the father gives him an opportunity to repent. And I want to encourage us this. When we mess up, we can come to God and we can say, God, I've messed up. And, and, and that's good. Confession is good. It says, confess your sins to God. Come to God and tell Him, God, I've messed up. I shouldn't have spoken to my wife like that. I, I shouldn't have looked at that. I shouldn't have watched that thing on the internet. I, I shouldn't have said that to that person. God, I, I've, I've messed up. But, but, but realize that when you come to God, He's not like, He's <clears throat> like, it's okay, my boy. Come, come back, come back. And that's my next point is there is joy in forgiveness the joy of forgiveness because this son really messed up okay he lost his inheritance on wild living on parties and prostitutes and wild things he he lost it all he was a very very bad boy okay he, he lost it all but there is joy in forgiveness and i love that as the son comes back he's obviously wearing rags he stinks because he's been feeding pigs and he's he's stinking and the father can see him and the father doesn't care he embraces him he hugs him and he he takes off all the rags and he says to his servants get me the best robe in the house and he comes and he covers his son with the best robe in the house. And this is a picture of what the Father does for you and me. It says that, that when we come to God, we take all of our sin, all of our rubbish, all of our mistakes, and we, we take it off and we give it to Jesus. He, he, and Jesus puts it on Him. That's why He died on a cross for us, because He had to put on all of our sin, all of our shame. And then it says Jesus takes off of His perfection, His righteousness, this, the, the best robe in the house. And he comes and he puts it around us. And, and, we, and then when we come into the house, we're covered in the perfect love of God, the perfect forgiveness of God. This is the good news about Jesus. And I love Second uh, <clears throat> Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. And so as soon as the son comes in, <clears throat> the father embraces him. And he says, now my boy, the old life is gone. All of the stuff that you've done, the prostitutes, the parties, the losing all the money, that's gone. He puts a new robe on him and he says, all things are new. Come on, join the party. And so when you and I are around God, we don't have to be um, just embarrassed and, and ashamed of our past because as soon as you come back to God, He removes all the rubbish and He puts the best robe on, uh, in the house upon you. And it takes me to my next point is there, there is the, <clears throat> the joy of acceptance. The joy of acceptance. This son had lost his inheritance and, the, and he comes back saying, Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me a servant. But the father doesn't have any of it, man. The first thing he says to the servant, get the best robe and get the ring for his finger. 
And the ring symbolized the authority of the family. It was the, the family ring. It was the <clears throat> only family members. Servants don't wear the family ring. Only sons do. So the first thing the father does is reinstate this boy as a son in the house. And that would have given the son authority to make decisions for his father. So even though he had messed up everything that the father had entrusted to him, the father still gives him authority and acceptance in the house. And so you and I, when uh, you don't have to be, feel like you are just a servant in the house. You have a place in the Father's house. You are a son or a daughter of God. And I, I love this Ephesians. Paul talks about this heart of God. He says, Ephesians 1.5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what God wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Come on. This is what God teaches us. This is what that we're learning through the story that God is a father that loves us so much. It says in Ephesians, yeah, that in advance, God decided before you were even born, God decided that he wanted to adopt you into his own family. God looked at you and he thought, I want you. And it says, yeah, God decided. So it wasn't by chance. It wasn't just like one day uh, God was like, well, I guess I need to adopt you. I guess you don't have a family. God says, it says God decided to do this. It says God wanted to do it. So it was something that God wanted to do. And the third thing, it says it gave God great pleasure. Do you know that God you being in God's family gives him great pleasure. God, the creator of the universe, the God of, who actually doesn't need anything, takes great pleasure in you and I. And what an amazing father. Come on, let's just give God a, a big praise. This is the God that we serve. And he, so the father reinstates his son. He says, come, I've got to put a ring on your finger, put the best robe in the house, and we're going to have a party. And that leads me to my final point is the joy of the party. Do you know that God likes to party? God likes to party. This is the story. The father is the first. He is the party. He's the one who gets the party started. His son comes home and he says, okay, let's get DJ, go. People, get the fattened calf, get the robes, get the, the party needs to begin. And, and the father's there on the dance floor and he's, he's doing the cheesy dad dances, but he's having a party because he is, his son is home. And I love, there's this amazing scripture, this prophetic uh, picture of God coming from Zephaniah 3.17. It says, for God, for the Lord your God is living among us. Isn't that amazing? God lives amongst us. God lives inside of us. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all of your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. <laughs> this is the father that we serve. He's a father that dances, really cheesy dad dances, but they joyful. And he's singing praises over you. When the father looks at you, he's not looking at you with regret. He's not looking at you with um, disappointment. He's not looking at you that he's not ashamed with you. He, when God looks at you as, as his child, he looks at you with joy. He takes great pleasure in you. He's a father that's singing and dancing joyful songs over you. This is the God that we serve. This is the father that Jesus shows us. And so how should we respond to this message. 
I really want to encourage us, come, let's be a people of joy. Let's be a people that in, in the presence of God, we are full of joy. Because the closer we come to the Father, the more we're going to realize there's a party happening in the presence of the Father. And I want to finish with this scripture, and then we're going to pray. Psalm 30 verse 11 to 12 says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And the best response that you and I can give is, is to know that we are to come and be joyful in the presence of God. Come and sing out your praises, whether you're online or whether you are in a, in a local, in-person campus. Whenever we gather together, let's sing out our praises. Let's come and give thanks. Let's come and be full of joy. But I love this promise that it gives. It says, you have turned my mourning into dancing. And maybe over the past two years, you've faced some rough times and you've faced some challenges. And I want to speak over you today. Today, God is going to, as it says in this, He's going to take off the clothes of mourning and He's going to clothe you with joy. Just like that son that came back to his father was clothed in shame. He was clothed in failure. The father took off failure. The father took off his shame and he clothed him with the best robe of joy in the house. And that's what the father wants to do for you today. So if you are, are, are walking around with heaviness today, if you're walking around with the, the heaviness of failure, the heaviness of thinking you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you're not accepted, or if you're carrying that heaviness today, I want you to just throw it off today and receive this best robe of joy today that the Father wants to give you. So I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, thank you that you show us who the Father is. Thank you that there is acceptance, there is joy in, in, in the house of God. And for every single one of us, God, that are, are carrying this robe of heaviness, of, of, of depression, God, of, of, um, of failure, God, we, we, we come and we choose to throw it off today and we receive just your garment of joy, this, the best robe in the house of joy. Would you f just cover every single person with joy right now in the Father's presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's just give our good, good father a big shout of praise. Awesome. I want to pray for one more group of people. Maybe you are like that son that has drifted away. Maybe you have once been a follower of Jesus, or maybe you've never followed Jesus and all of this stuff is new to you and you've never quite known what God is like. But I want to let you know God is a good father. And just like that son coming home, God is waiting for you. God's inviting you to come home to be a child of God. And if you want to be a believer in Jesus today, I want to give you an opportunity. I'm going to count to three. And if you want to make that decision, just say yes in your heart, and I'd love to pray for you. If you want to come back to God or if you want to make a first-time decision to follow Jesus, I want to pray for you now. So one, God loves you. Number two, He's got a great plan and purpose for your life. Number three, that's you. Just say yes right now in your heart. Awesome. Come on. If you, that was you, I'd love to pray for you right now. Jesus, thank you for all of these amazing people. Pray that you forgive them. You fill them with your joy. You bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy that message. And remember, the Father takes delight in you. Hope you have an awesome rest of your week.
Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.